Hello, everyone, and welcome to OCR Unedited. Uh, my name is Juan Carlos and my partner, Dave Claxton. Uh, today's show, we have a special guest. Her name is Allison Tai. Allison, before we start, I wanted to say welcome and thank you for coming on the show, OCR Unedited. Oh, my goodness, uh, I'm delighted to be here. <laughs> Let me start by saying that on Friday, uh, the past, I usually wake up every morning and I watch BT. <laughs> I didn't know you were going to be on. And when then, you know, the segment where, every, where they have the workouts and they usually they bring somebody, uh, a special guest coming in to do the workouts. And uh, who do I see? I see Allison Ty doing your workouts. And I did the workouts uh, along with uh, many other Canadians. So that was oh, truly fun. a pleasure. That I was thought a pleasure. it was hilarious because we kind of put it together, like together. And they had the whole like walk behind the couch thing. And I'm like, oh my God, that is so cheesy and hilarious. But that wasn't actually my... I was like, I don't even know how you do that. <laughs> I love the workout. I, I, what you were doing, I was doing the same thing around here in the living room. So that was great. Thank you so much. So, yeah. you, so here's a question for you. Do you normally do televised workouts out uh, in BC? Yeah, um, I have. So I used to coach running for the producer of Breakfast Television in Vancouver. And then they actually had like some sort of a thing with Spartan happening for a while there. So we did a lot of like in-house Spartan training and stuff like that for, um, for the events that were coming up just in order to promote it and stuff. And then I ended up just being their health and wellness or health and fitness. I can't remember what the title was. Um, guests, special guests that would come in and talk about like running form and um, how to train and different things like that. Um, and then when I moved out here to the sticks, it's just like, I can't get out there for six in the morning from out here. So I ended up not being able to do it. And then she realized, Hey, with the pandemic, everybody's at home anyways. Um, so I ended up doing a few shows for them. So that was really fun to kind of connect with that group. And they just have so much awesome. energy. It's really fun. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And one more, Dave, I know you have a lot of questions. One more. Yeah. I got um, a list, man. <laughs> this, is, this is the first time meeting you and probably there's a, probably a lot of people I'll be watching that uh, don't know that much about you. But so how did you get started in OCR? Well, um, God, it's a long story. Where should I start? <laughs> uh, do you want like the Coles note version? Like just super short? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So short version is that I was coaching running um at this uh like kind of local running store in vancouver and the lady was like hey i'm gonna go do this warrior dash and you should come because you like trail running and i was like i like trail running but i don't like that like <laughs> it's really weird <laughs> it was like the first warrior dash and i was like that's not serious and whatever and um so i went and i did it and then um another girl that was kind of a faster runner we kind of took off and then started like racing each other and i mean we waited at obstacles and stuff but we did it and then we're like, I think we could do that faster. You know, like, I think, you know, if we didn't hesitate here, we, you know, worked on this. And so it was kind of one of those things where you're just like, you see the potential. And I think that's what drives us all, you know, into OCR is that every single race, there's always potential versus a, you know, 5k road race. You're like, I could have shaved off two seconds if I took that turn a little bit tighter or whatever. Right. But OCR, yeah. I mean, it just seems like the infinite possibilities are just so enticing and so motivating to get out there and train for it. So yeah, that was my Coles note. It took like five minutes. <laughs> that was <laughs> awesome. Note around here. <laughs> go ahead, buddy. So I like, I, I think back and I'll, I'll go back in and I'm actually wearing today. Oh, I get it right at the right side. My world's toughest mutter from 2017 shirt there. And the nice. reason I am, and I'm going to ask you this. Um, so back then there was a very epic thing that happened um, at that event. 
and that was 2017. And that was, I actually passed you at Funky Monkey. Um, and I just thought everybody should know I was on like lap four, you were on like lap a million, but it doesn't matter because I passed you there and I'm going to forever hold that as, as, yeah, that's when I got the coach yeah. on that, on that option. That is fair. That is a hundred percent fair. You take that and run. And I probably wasn't on my million <laughs> lap. I, I, I don't think in all the tough matters, I've probably even done a hundred, but. No, um, but it was actually, yeah. I remember, and it was because of that event was the only reason I was, I was on the video for like three seconds going across funky monkey because well i got out of the way because you and Lindsay were both coming up to that obstacle at the same time and like i gotta get out of the way here and not interfere so because of that that wasn't the one we fell off at the same time was it it was yeah oh but we're both and we lost a little bit of freezing Okay, there you go. Yeah, it was it was beautiful. It was like synchronized swimming, only it was falling off monkey monkey. <laughs> well, and that was the thing, right? I was standing back cheering for you both, and I saw I can't remember who fell first, and then I'm like, okay, and then go, and oh, <laughs> so I was lucky. Um, all right, your little froze, you still there? Oh, hopefully she comes back in. No, uh, one. Okay, Juan, you're right. All right, we'll see if she comes back. Give so, her a few seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll Give her a few seconds. <laughs> we might have to try this again. Oh, oh the camera's oh, she's gone. She's coming back. Hello? Hey, there's your back. <laughs> okay, cool. Perfect. Was that awesome? Was I just like for like 10 minutes? <laughs> it just looked like you were enthralled by my story, so that was good. <laughs> it was just like, yeah. <laughs> we had the yeah, one episode I, I cut out for like 10 minutes he didn't even notice i was just standing there i, I know i was like this story is getting boring it's awfully dark <laughs> what's going on i shut off so, my wi-fi though so i think it was just trying uh, to connect okay. now it's not even it gave up like i did now so, so yeah you were kind of you were kind of cutting in and out but yeah that was the time when you and you and Lindsay both were, were were there at the same time and you both and you both yeah. came up and and I think you both caught me by the end of the penalty lap in the next obstacle and passed me there anyway, but that's okay. No, um, don't, don't, don't say that part. No, no, it was good. <laughs> just skim over that. It's fine. Okay, so, and obviously, for people who don't know, Allison's come second twice at World's Toughest Mudder, I believe. I think so, yeah. And third once, maybe? Yeah. yeah. All right, all right. And I'm not going to talk about the. I'm not going to talk about the third place one because uh, I think that was a, a raw deal, and I know you're too classy <laughs> to talk about that. But I would, I would, I would definitely. Well, that's fine. It's funny. I actually like. I'm really bad at remembering. I just remember that. Um, I what did Will Hicks call me? The the least winningest, most podiumist person from Toughest Mud or something. I can't remember how I put it, but it was. Awesome, I would. But I would think that I've the general there. the general yeah, consensus is the the best person not to have won World's Toughest Mudder. Something like that. I think yeah, that, was, that would that would. That you would put it nicely. There. I was like, well, that's a nice way of saying that I'm constantly. <laughs> there's been a few years where I haven't even finished. So there you go. There's that. So, so all right. So straight out for World's Toughest, like since we're there anyway, tell me what do you what is your favorite like all time memory of World's Toughest? Like I mean, you've done so many of them. There's been so many moments. What do you think like really pops out? Get does you know four favorite couple of memories that really pop out in your head. Oh man, um, you know, like 
just with people. Like it's just these like the stuff that really, really hits is like just micro moments with people where you like, you know, it's like dark and lonely and miserable and cold. And then you just get this like connection with people. Um, so for me, a lot of time that's just passing people that I know on course or even that I don't know and that are just really enthusiastic and just kind of like, you know, wake you up from this funk. It's just like, it seems like it's just extra impactful. So I don't know that I remember like an exact moment where I'm like, wow, but it's just like those micro moments of just connection on course that just, it's almost more of like a feeling, you know, when I think about the like joy and the reason why you do World's Toughest, it's almost like this, like, um, it's almost like you get the central experience without actually thinking like there's an actual event in your mind, but like running with Lindsay, you know, who's just constantly like, doesn't matter if it's like 23 hours in and she's destroyed her feet and she's just so cheerful that it just, you know, and there's so many people out there that are like that, um, that I think that's, you know, um, what really sits with me when I think about World's Toughest Mudder, not necessarily an exact moment. Maybe no. finishing. Can I say finishing? I think so. I mean, I've seen you come across the lines a couple of times looking pretty relieved. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, there was a one time where um, somehow they thought that Michelle Ford was right behind. Well, Michelle Ford was right behind mm -hmm. me. But so I'm, I'm uh, this guy, Scott, he gets me to go out. And I'm like, okay, fine. I'm going. I'll do one last lap, but I'm walking. I'm not even going to run downhill. And then we go out of the pit and he's like, Willie, you're not going to run downhill. I'm like, no, I'm walking. I'm walking this lap. <laughs> he's like, okay, fine. I'm like, I can't even run a step, not even downhill. He's like, okay. So we're walking along. And then um, all of a sudden somebody yells, hey, Michelle Ford is right behind you and she's going to catch you. So I tear off, like my butt <laughs> is on fire. And he's like, he can't keep up with me now. He's like, oh my God, you're running like four minute kilometers. What's happening? I didn't think you could run. But fear is a good motivator, people. So um, yeah, I'm like sprinting up there, the hills. But... Like, you know, I'm in a tougher mutter all of a sudden. And uh, I run past Lindsay and she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, and everybody else is like, yay, good job. And like, not like, why are you running? Like, you know, uh, there's a bear chasing you. And she's like, why are you running like that? And I'm like, because Michelle Ford's right behind me. And she's like, yeah, Michelle Ford is right behind me. And I was like, I don't even know what you're talking about. I need to be running right now. <laughs> so I tear off and I'm like, just on this. And I came across the line and just was like out cold. So I just sprinted around the course. And even like Yancey's my coach at the time. He's like, why is she running so fast? Good job, Allie. <laughs> She's finishing scoring for no reason. And no, I was terrified. Um, so yeah, Michelle still bugs me about that. But um, maybe that, that was just, it was really funny. Because I came across the line and people were like, why were you doing that? Yeah. And I was like, I was running for Michelle. They're like, oh my God, she was so far back. You were fine. And I was like, I didn't know that. And I know that she finishes fast. So yeah, she's, uh, she thinks it's hilarious that she puts the fear of uh, fast finish in me. So yeah. Of all the top females that you've competed with, who's your, who's the most memorable? Oh man. Who I mean, up? everybody has their own little, you know, like Deanna Blake, God, how much that woman has been through. And she's just, it just blow, it literally blow, I cannot even wrap my head around how tough that woman is and just how amazing she is. Obviously, Lindsay, I mean, she's just so sweet. Like one time it was in the LA toughest and it was the first toughest and the flagging was all over the place and everybody was just lost the entire time. Um, and uh, I remember I passed. So Sarah and Lindsay were ahead of me and then I got to a wall and the TV cameras were like, yeah, you're in first place. And I'm like, nope, third. And they're like, nope, first. And I'm like, nope, third. I can count. <laughs> and I'm like, you just know what they look like because it's dark. And uh, 
Then I'm running along and all of a sudden Sarah is just beside me. And I was like, what happened? Why are you guys? She's like, we are lost. You know, and she's typical, just like kind of grumpy about it. And then Lindsay comes up and she's like, oh, you have to see the view from the top of that mountain. And I was like, that mountain's not even on the course. She's like, I know. But if you can get up, it's beautiful. And, you know, the lights. And she was just like, it's amazing up there. Anyways, bye. And I was like, who gets lost on course for like 20 minutes and is like, you know, happy about the experience and just like focusing on the good parts and somehow it's like the bad parts just didn't even compute. So she's just so insanely optimistic that I just, you know, I just adore her. So, but I mean, all of the top athletes are just in this sport. I mean, not all of the top athletes, but 99.9% .9 of the top athletes are just freaking amazing people and just, yeah. you know, kind of people you'd want your kids oh. to grow up to be. So no, that's awesome. Along the same yep. lines, I'm glad Juan asked that because I was thinking about a similar question where I wanted to say the other day we, on one of our other episodes, we talked about who you're chasing, like mentally in a race, even if they're not there, sometimes we're chasing these people that we consider rivals, right? That we like them. Like for me, for example, I said it was Juan. I, one of the, Juan is one of the guys I've been chasing for years. And uh, that's why I wanted to think along the same line. Like who do you chase in your head? Who is, who's that one that you're like, I'm, I'm running this girl down. I'm going to get her. Like, is well, there someone you know that... Well, I don't know if there's, because the problem is I only had one person that I even had remote rivalry with, and I didn't really have rivalry with. I just, you know, they, I didn't like their attitude about stuff, and they said something <laughs> mean about Yancey, and I was like, oh my God, who says anything mean about Yancey? So, uh, but other than that, like, I literally, I'm like, I see somebody pass me, and I'm like, I love them. Look at them go, you know, like, it's just a tough thing. It's just screwed up. But um, we had some good battles. Like Chikorita and I used to always go out way oh, too hot on all the toughest. And people were like, why are you doing that? And we're like, we know it's wrong, but it's so much fun. And so we'd be running through the woods and we'd just like high five each other and be like, we're going too fast. Yay. I love <laughs> you know? your enthusiasm. It's just fun, right? So and Chikorita was the same. And we, we totally got that every single time we went out way too hot, but we just couldn't not because it was just so much fun. Um, so with, you know, running with her, it was just like running with like a kid, right? At the park. It was, it was always just really fun. Um, and we just have that kind of, you know, she chased me, I chase her kind of thing and leapfrogging. And it just made it really engaging um, right off the bat at every race. So I always loved it when I saw her there because I was like, okay, this is going to be a fun one, you know? Um, cause I have somebody to push me and hopefully I can push her and we can just have a good old battle in the dark. Yeah. She was really good. Like she came out of, uh, I guess that was, again, that was probably the 20, 2016 or no, 2017 season. And she came out yeah. of nowhere and was just, just pushing it. She was fantastic. Um, and she was like the, when she showed up, I was like, oh God, it's Chikorita from like Spartan. Right. And I'm like, cause she's like a huge, like, and I come from that where she was like, you know, one of the fastest girls in the Spartan race and just like this amazing. So I was kind of like starstruck when I first saw her. I was like, oh my God, Chikorita's here. This is amazing. Um, and then as we be became friends, right. And like friendly rivals, um, it was just like getting to respect her on such a deeper level. Cause she just is such a good person. And it was just always so much fun to race with her. So. Now that, that same season and, and, uh, my, my fiance Riley and I, we talked about this the other day, watching one of the highlights, one of the best moments we saw in what was, was probably the last race of the toughest season when you actually got enough miles to win the toughest series. But that was when Lindsay was not there and just the video of the look on your face when they told you live that she wasn't there and you were like, Oh my God, <laughs> like the whole, the whole competition, the whole comp, you know, concept of this race has changed now. Like what went yeah. through your head when you were going through that? 
Well, I honestly, it was just nice having Lindsay there all the time because that filled first place in my head, you know? So <laughs> it's kind of like, I didn't have, you, you don't have the same pressure, you know, when nobody expects you to win. Everybody expects Lindsay to win. I expect Lindsay yep. to win, you know? And then all of a sudden Lindsay's not there and I'm like, oh God, now like there's all of us that are constantly competing for that second spot. Now all of us are competing for that first spot. Um, so it just changed the dynamic. And I remember just thinking like, oh no, Lindsay's not here. Like now the pressure's on. And um, yeah, so that was the reaction. And of course they didn't tell me before. And of course Lindsay didn't tell me before. <laughs> so I just walked in there and I was just like, oh my goodness. And it's three hours before race time or whatever it was. So a little bit more anxiety, right? When you have a little bit more pressure, but uh, it was kind of nice that I didn't know until then too, because then I couldn't, you know, it was like, okay, well, race is starting. Here's, here's how it's going to play out. So. Yeah, that looked like a race where everybody went out super fast. It like that looked like everybody tore right off on that one. Chikorita was there. And yeah, I blame her. Like half the time we're running with like Ryan Atkins and stuff, and I'm like, what are we doing? Like, this is a terrible idea. Let's keep running. This is awesome. Um, yeah, it was. It's it's fun because it's just kind of like you just have to know yourself so well to know. And I I know that I I don't have a fast enough gear to really redline. Um, and blow myself up. I've just never, I've never in a race ran so fast that I felt like I've blown up and not been able to like run fast still because I just don't like I, I'm so white meat, right? I'm just slow twitch muscle fiber and I just, you know, it's, it's a benefit and a curse, but I just don't have that like really, the ability to go really fast and burn out. So I, I, I'm pretty safe in terms of running a little bit on the fast side that I'm not going to just blow up um, midway through the race. And so I think partly, you know, for me, the toughest series was a good opportunity to like really learn and understand how my body worked and what my strengths are and what my weaknesses are. And then just kind of keep playing with those to try to, you know, get myself to be the best athlete that I could be with what I have. And, um, it's really exciting, right. Just to like learn exactly how it is that your body works and, uh, to kind of tinker around with that. So it was neat. And I know that, uh, most often I still have something in the tank. <laughs> even when I feel like I just want to walk and I don't want to run anymore if I feel like you know in the back of my mind that is something actually that works if I'm running and I'm like Michelle's behind you then I run maybe not like Michelle's in front of me that I'm like oh, whatever have fun no Michelle. that's exactly like, it that's it behind me <laughs> yeah in my mind it's Michelle behind me not so Michelle yeah you're not chasing you're running away <laughs> I'm running away <laughs> it's fear that motivates me exactly yeah so yeah. Allison when you started, or you said you started at a Warrior Dash, you know, you were just a runner, you went to Warrior Dash, you run it, and that's how your OCR journey began. Yeah. Right? So what was your training like from there on? Uh, like from when I started OCR? Yeah. What was your training like then, uh, and it has it changed now? I mean, okay, so when I started in OCR, um, it was me, oh, man. I remember that, like, this was very early on, like the first Spartan races, when burpees weren't even a penalty, we'd just be running through the woods and they'd stop you and make you do burpees. They had these weird things where, <laughs> I know it's like, I'm so old, but um, we, we'd have to like blow up balloons and then they wouldn't have to fit through a ring. Like the obstacles were very different than today. And I remember they used to yell like triathlete because I'd wear my old triathlon clothes because you could get wet and they like were formed, like they were perfect old triathlon clothes. Um, so they didn't even have OCR gear, OCR anything when I first started for sure. And then Faye Stenning came around in the Canadian circuit. So we 
we duked it out constantly. <clears throat> and it was almost like when we first started, who could do their burpees faster and catch up? Because we were falling <laughs> off the balance beams constantly, like couldn't hang on to anything to save our lives. Like there's no way we're making it up a rope or through the rigs. And then, oh, and the spear throw. I mean, I remember the first time I missed, I must have thrown a hundred spears and I hit the target and I went and started doing burpees and the volunteer had to come get me and be like, what are you doing? You hit the target. And I, was like, I didn't even look. I hit the target. And they're like, yes, yes, you did. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess no burpees. Um, and then one time in Red Deer, uh, Faye and I were at the spear throw at the very end and she didn't realize that my husband had built me a spear in the backyard. And so she literally just threw it like randomly and started doing her burpees to try to burpee faster than I would. And I hit the friggin' spear and she just looked on her face and was just like, and we're right at the finish line. So she's like, oh man, like, how'd you learn how to throw a spear? We've been racing for like a year and you've never hit it. Um, and so it was like, I think the major turning point for me was when we started building obstacles in the backyard. Um, and then I just like, I'd throw the spear and analyze it with a video like a thousand times. And now I can't remember the last time I missed a spear. Um, you know, it still happens every now and again, but, um, my spear throwing accuracy has went up like <laughs> whatever from zero to like 90%. That's a pretty um, good improvement. So, pretty good improvement. Yeah. yeah. But it's just, it's literally just about doing it over and over and over again and just not getting frustrated with the whole learning process because, yeah. you know, if you like the balance beam was such a struggle for me and now I can like walk backwards and turn around and do all these tricks and stuff on the balance beam and walking forward almost seems silly. Right. Yeah. But it's just because. I, so I think the, the turning point for me, I mean, I did CrossFit and all that before I started, but was actually doing stuff that replicated obstacles. And even like we go to the park, my husband and I, and he'd be like, okay, so do this weird thing. And I'm like, why would I do that weird thing? Like, I've never even seen anybody do that weird thing in my whole life. Like flip over the bar and do, and then I go to a freaking race and I'm like, oh my God, that weird thing that John made me do is now an obstacle, right? So it's just about getting your body to move different ways and um i actually remember the first spartan there's a spartan in squamish it was the first super in western canada and i was running with these guys and it was almost entirely like a undulating running course so i could keep up with the lead pack of men and then there was a big climb at the end and they all kind of left me and then i'm coming in and they had a rope climb and i was like oh my god it's a rope and I'm like why are all these like big guys and so they'd go up and they didn't know how to use their feet because it was the first time there was a rope in a spartan race and they'd slide down and it was muddy and they'd go up and they'd slide down and they were just trying to muscle with their arms and uh so the audience obviously laughed when they saw a scrawny little runner me coming up but i had taken a silks course so i knew how to <laughs> climb with my feet and so i just like scurried up hit the bell and they were all like what <laughs> what just happened because they're all like you know these big buff guys um, so it's just weird, right? How stuff in OCR just, you draw it from other things, like taking that one silks class for a couple weeks or, you know, um, playing around with your kids at the park or CrossFit or all that stuff. So I think when it comes to it, there is, there's a lot of specificity involved in training in terms of like doing the actual obstacles and doing moves that represent what you're doing. But I also think there's just a lot of benefit in just doing weird stuff and getting really good at handling your body in a number of different situations and just getting that like really broad base. So I think okay. with training, you know, there's some amount of strength training and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, and repetition helps, but it's more important that you're doing things with good form and just being really efficient at what you're doing. Okay, great. But Nick, yeah. You know what? So really that rolls right into it. So we, we, we'll, we'll get out of the reminiscing and go on to what you're doing now. And that's... Uh, Grit Farm Fitness and your coaching, because I mean, you're talking about the training right now. So, um, 
tell us what tell us about your program tell us about grit farm framing i know about it because i'm you know one of your clients and very happy to be so and have had great improvements because of it so we we'll definitely vouch for all of all of what you're doing but yeah so just lay it out for us what the program's like awesome thanks um yeah so i do online coaching um i do run coaching i do like strength coaching i do obstacle coaching and um yeah it kind of does roll in nicely because i i do really draw from a number of things so i'll do some like move nat if you guys are familiar with that i took like a whole bunch of training with them um so i do some of that where it's applicable but i don't land on any one path you know like i did the move nat and i was like you know some of this applies but nobody has time to do you know a hundred hours of move nat training and maybe two hours of that is applicable to obstacle course racing right or or even just like fitness, fitness training, right? There's a lot of extra stuff in there. So I just kind of took the stuff from the different things that I've done over the years that made sense. Um, and I've been coaching OCR since 2011 with people. Um, so I've seen, you know, like the people that just run into the wall over and over again, um, or women that have never been taught to use the kickboard, um, just these like little things that are missing. So I really try to do that in my training too. Like I'll have somebody that's like, oh, you know, like I'm really good. At the grip stuff, I have a good jump. I just don't know how I can't do a wall. And so I have these progressions that, you know, might be a little weird. It's like, you know, you run into the wall and you step up and this is where your foot has to be. If you slide this way, this is, you know, why. And if you're kicking back, this is why. So, um, and then, so I have videos that I upload onto my training program and then they put their videos in. So even though they might, they might just be like, it feels funny. Like it feels jarring. I can see, oh yes, you put your foot here or, you know, you're stepping weird before you, you know, make contact with the wall or whatever it is. So it's nice because I have all these like progressions that I have like a million things, right? You can do on a bar. Um, not just like, okay, let's do pull-ups because that's not really going to transfer over. Yeah, let's do lots of pull-ups in the beginning of the year, but then let's transfer that to like switch grips and, you know, like getting a good lock-off position and these different movements that you need to get um, in order to do obstacles efficiently and save your energy. Um, so yeah, it's really good because then I can post a video of it and I'm not just trying to explain it really. And then they can post the video back. So it's very interactive. Um, That's and, good. uh, you got to love technology for that because it makes it a lot easier to like, it's like almost like I'm there. Right. And I used to coach people like, um, Taylor sweet, who's on here a few back. Wasn't he on here? He's, no, he's on, B, on like, he's on B step, but, but yeah, we know Taylor right, sweet. Actually, right, right. I'd like to talk to him one day. Oh, he's amazing. You should. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, um, trained him for a while and it was nice, but I mean, I'm working with him once or twice a week. Right. And it's just not the same impact as it would be to work with somebody online, which I was quite surprised at. Right. I thought, Oh, it's not going to be as interactive, but it's more so right. Cause I'm kind of in their life and I know what they're doing every day, which is kind of creepy. Um, but really, really good. As a coach. I can just be like really hands on and control. Everything. Good way <laughs> so, to put it. Right. I know. Um, but yeah, that's the long and short of it is just, it's really nice have that kind of interaction i've had this program that i've just been building forever all these just like weird skills like how do you you know you see people and i just it's from seeing people like you go to a race and you're standing there at the rig and all of a sudden somebody's swinging in the wrong direction and they start kind of tornadoing and you see this guy on the rig and he's gone to crossfit so he starts trying to kip with his shoulders and he's mm -hmm. going nowhere because that you know is like a force up so anyway so now i have you know, just different skills where it's like, okay, kick your feet up and then kick them straight down. And then that stops your swing. And then this is so, but then I train it progressively. So, you know, it's like, okay, this is how we use our hips. 
Now you're using your hips well. Can you stop your swing? Can you redirect your swing? And it's all stuff that you can do, you know, with a bar or rings or a rope or towels if you have them. Um, and then I just try to make sure that I'm hitting all the aspects of grip. You know, you have your pinch grip and your crush grip and your bar grip and then just different carries and, and really working on like a functional uh, full body uh, OCR slanted kind of fitness, but then also address people's weaknesses, right? In a really technical way. Cause I think a lot of times, you know, we look at something like somebody has difficulty with a bucket carry and yeah, maybe you need to work a little bit on the back and the mobility and stuff like that. But there's a lot of technical, you know, um, stuff that a lot of times people are missing. And so if that's, it's a pretty quick fix usually, right? If it's a technique versus building strength or mobility. So it's worth addressing that. So I try to make sure that with the programming, you know, you have all three things. And I think that's important if you that's have great. people on here that are doing their own programming, that they're looking at the technical aspect of different things too, especially if it's something that they're constantly struggling with. Yeah. Well, I mean, like from my perspective, like I, I signed on with you, I was, I'm good at obstacles. I have no problem with that. That's that all runs through no problem. But what was holding me back constantly was the running and I was trying to figure it out on my own and I was trying and trying and trying and I'd run and I'd put in the effort and I was just going nowhere, getting no better. It's kind of the same thing. So that was very much a difference for me when I signed on. And what I've loved about the program is that a couple of things. One, it is incredibly interactive and I can't, like you say, you don't expect that from an internet online kind of coaching, but it's like daily interaction of what's gone on. But the, probably the best thing for me has been your ability to adapt the program. So like when things change, maybe you got a minor, a niggle, an injury or whatever the case may be, or, or COVID-19 cancels half your race schedule and all of a sudden your priorities are different. Like that, that's got to be a, a bit of a bugger for you. Like how was, how has that affected you so far? Like you, how many, how many, how many schedules have you had to redo because of, you know, this constantly fluctuating? And it was all at once. So um, normally I really like that stuff because it, it just is, after coaching for so long, like I can look at somebody and be like, Oh, you know, they need to develop more base. And that's the key. You know, they've just been running as fast as they can every single run for three years and they have zero <laughs> base and they're just running themselves into the ground every single run. And that's obviously not working for them. So I'm like, okay, take them back. So you work with enough people and you're like, okay, this is this person. They just jog all the time. They have no speed work. So I always say, it's like a recipe, right? Like when you're baking a cake, you need to put in so much flour, which is like your base. And then you want to add in some lactic threshold, which is like your rising agent, like baking powder or whatever. And then you have to add the flavor, which is like the VO2 max. And you have to do it in a certain order and you have to do it in a certain amount. Um, and it's not exact, right? And so different, you can tweak things differently, but there has to be that basic. You can't just make a cake with no flour and not put anything else in, um, but have the rest of the recipe. So you have to kind of tweak things. And I normally quite like that because I've been coaching for so long. It's just really kind of fun for me to like put the puzzle together. But yeah, when the COVID hit, it was like, oh my goodness. And first gyms didn't close, but all the races got canceled. So I was like, okay, so take all the races off macro cycles. Now I'm like pulling everything off and like rewriting all that. And I like to do some of that on just paper, just cause it's the way my brain works a little better with um, just different um, flow charts and stuff. So then I put all in the race and then all of a sudden the gyms get closed down. So I'm like, okay, everybody <laughs> at once, almost gyms are closed down. You're at home. Okay. Now we don't have wobble boards. You're using a pillow. You don't have the, you're using this. And then I'm like, okay, so now nobody has access to parks because 
<laughs> half the people don't have pull-up bars and they can't buy pull-up bars. So, you know, it was just constantly like everybody at once because all these things are happening everywhere. And there's a bit like, you know, my clients in the West Coast of um, the state, like uh, in California, they were closed down first. So it was almost like a little bit of a heads up in what's happening with everybody else. But uh, it was a scramble, but uh, I think I figured it all out. And it was just a few long hours just trying to untangle things. But again, it's, it's honestly just something I like because it just, you know, just it's a bit of a puzzle and it makes you kind of think on your feet and uh, be creative, which is kind of the fun part about coaching. So, yeah, I, I actually took that time to think I might be the favorite client at one for that one little bit of time because everything I do is in my garage anyway. So I didn't have to change anything. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. I was like, well, no races, but no, no, no races. Yeah. And then there's some like, you know, you were doing like insanely long workouts and it was yeah. like, do we need to be doing these anymore? Because your race is probably canceled, but then is it canceled? You wouldn't yeah. want to be like, let's not do these. And then be like, oh no, it's actually on and we only have two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and then that was the thing. Juan is actually my teammate for the first, for it was for, it was going to be for the um, June platinum rig where we were doing that that on the team. So yeah, anyway, yeah, they they definitely got canceled and now who knows, or not canceled, postponed, postponed, big difference. Um, Oh yeah. So yeah. So it's it's a bit up in the air. Yeah, it's a bit up in the air. We'll see when they happen and and go from there. Yeah, but it is fun because a lot of my clients were like, oh, you know, like one of my clients was like, I was really excited to do the Ultra Beast and World Tempest Motor and do all these longer OCRs. And then I'm like, wait, you know, what about these long trails that you've always wanted to run, but never have time for? And she's like, mm-hmm. Oh my yeah. gosh. Like it's this, and now she's like researching everything and like, Oh, if I do this and maybe I could meet this. And so now it's kind of like, now they're planning these adventures on their own. So it's kind of fun. Right. Um, it is that and OCR racing will come back, but, oh. um, there's, there's lots of other fun fitnessy things to do in the meantime. So. Yeah. Oh, exactly. So Elizabeth, what are your thoughts on OCR starting the game? Like my personal thoughts? Yes. Well, like, oh, like Spartan, Spartan, Spartan start, <laughs> starting up in uh, June 13th in Florida. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm very much like it. I mean, I live in the middle of the mountains, but the people that I live close to are older. So I'm a little bit more, I'm certainly more careful than them. Like half the time I'll be talking to them over the fence and they creep up and I'm creeping back and I'm like, stay away from me. Like, I could have told them. You know? But, uh, but I mean, they're like, whatever, we lived through seven plagues and we're fine. And you're like, no, 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 you're old, stay back. Um, but uh, so I'm, I'm personally super careful because I feel like going out, if you don't, and nobody, even the testing is not all that certain, mm-hmm. right? Going out and purposely putting somebody at risk is you know, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable with it personally. Um, and so that's my thing. Like, I'm like, I don't, I don't want to go to an OCR enough that I would feel comfortable with that level of risk to other people knowing that I, I mean, if you found out that you spread COVID to all of those people at Spartan race, I know that they're all there, you know, of their own choice, but it's still, I, you know, I I just, in my mind, the risk slash reward is not there. I'd rather go out and, you know, go, do, do a circuit at a park and run in the mountains and make my own thing up or do something else, anything else. Cause OCR will come back. Um, but the level of risk for me is just not. Yeah. So we'll put that under the too soon category. Yep. Yeah. I feel <laughs> exactly. like it's, it's definitely too soon for me. Yeah. And I mean, it's hard we had a, we had a race here at my house right before the whole thing started. 
And after it happened, I was like, oh man, like, and it was a very small race because by that time, like the border was, it was right on the cusp. It was May 14th. And so the border was kind of starting to trickle down. So a lot of people from the States were going to come. And, uh, but it was still, I think they said gatherings of under 50 are fine. And it was a small little like, you know, community thing and, you know, outside and all that. Um, but afterward I was like, man, like if somebody could have gotten sick and you, how bad would you have felt? So yeah, I just, and I think that kind of reframes the comfort level, especially for me is just knowing that that could have, you know, um, been the cause of, of COVID. And when you think about it in that situation and having been the one to spread the disease, I think it, you know, makes it a little harder to make the call to mm. put it on. You know, it's Spartan and everybody there is going to be there of their own free will. I have no idea how they're going to get volunteers, but that's kind of their thing. So. I, yeah, I think they still will. I think, I, I think they're going to be jammed. I think they will just be absolutely slammed. They'll be full of people. There will be people yeah. from far and wide, whoever can get there. Like, I mean, yeah, Spartan has such a following that, yeah. you know, there'll be a lot that won't go, but I bet you that like they're talking about numbers of three to 4,000 and I would be surprised if they don't get it. I just don't know how... I mean, and I'm no expert in terms of infectious disease or anything, but I don't know how you keep people, you know, I can't even keep my elderly neighbors you don't. <laughs> a couple you don't. meters from me. You know, how do you keep that many people apart? It's, it's just going to be challenging. I mean, you forget, right? Like you're talking to somebody, people sneak closer to each other and whatever, mm-hmm. you know, somebody falls, they're going to be, there's just, it's, it's really, it would be really, really tough to do the social distancing, but then I guess everybody's there by choice yeah, there, there, will, there will be no social distancing. So there'll be social distancing in the lineups and, and in the stuff like that but once that corral goes and they say go even though it's just open waves and it, i feel it, it'll like be a bunch. i feel like running you know, your own OCR risk in the media, <laughs> ocr in the media hasn't always had a really positive <laughs> perception right yeah. if somebody gets exactly. the likelihood of somebody spreading it like a wildfire there you know, I know it's outside and there's some things that lower the risk, but that's not going to go well for us in the media either. So there is that risk as well, for sure. Um, and obviously that's a lesser risk than somebody losing their life. But, um, you know, that's kind of another angle at it that I don't think Spartan totally is um, seeing. But I know Joe's really... He's you know, doing what he's going to do. own ideas on things. And <laughs> Joe's sure doing Joe. driving headquarters that's and it. probably... Half the people in HQ are like, I don't want this to happen. But Joe's like, yep, we're doing it. And they're like, okay. Like so, I said, yeah. Joe's doing Joe. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Hey, Joe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got, you got your Spartan wear on. So, but, you know, I have a story about Joe. Do we have time for a story about We got Joe? time for a story. You talk as much as you like. <laughs> oh, no, don't say that. You have not talked to my husband enough, clearly. Oh. But, we were setting up these obstacles for this event. So we used to set up their Vancouver obstacles for them because we have all these obstacles, obviously having, we put on races for schools and stuff. And so we just have like whatever amount of obstacles that we could set up a little Spartan course. So we went and set up this Spartan course at Hollyburn and he came and a reporter came and she couldn't do the obstacles, but she wanted it to look like she was doing the obstacles for her story. So she made me do the obstacles and then the camera angled it to make it look like it was her doing the obstacles. And he was like laughing at her and making fun of her. And the staffers were like, stop it, Joe. Like she's part of the media. And he's like, oh, just giving her the hardest time. Making her feel terrible, I'm sure. 
Um, and then, so she goes and whatever. And then you wow, see Joe. this little old lady. I know. I, and you can see it's hilarious because when you work with them enough, you, the people that like are staffers there, they're always like, ah, tone it down. But he's just like, you know, <laughs> yeah. so, and he's kind of half trying, but not really that hard. But so this, this older lady who's the janitor from the Holly Brand Center is struggling with all this stuff at the parking lot. And he sees this and he runs down there to help her to carry your stuff. And I was like, oh, that's really weird. Like, you know, just like, it, it's so, he's such a unique person because he doesn't really care about your station in life so much as he's always looking for like hard work and ethic. And he's so, you know, love him or hate him. He's so himself and he's so true to his own morals and values that it's, it's pretty neat because you don't yeah. often run across that, you know, that he had so much more respect for the janitor than he did for this reporter who's kind of like, you know, light and fluffy and not his kind of person. But the janitor that was struggling with that heavy load, he was like, yes, you are my people, you know? <laughs> he probably threw him a new job. So, oh, man. And we go, like, we went to the, this big, like, gala, and they were like, you can't wear, like, bare legs. And it was like, the dress code was, like, insane. And he was wearing hiking boots and ripped jeans. And he was like, whatever I, whatever I want, because I'm Joe. So I was like, that's pretty awesome. Like, he's not, he's not dressing up for no one. So... Yeah, he has his own, and he's going to, you know, do things according to his own morals and values, and that's just kind of who he is, so. you got to respect that. I mean, if, if, yeah. if only we could all hold that tight. Yeah, yeah it, is, it is remarkable, yeah. Here, I have a quick question for you. So in every sport, you have your, your, your bad boy, you know, for whatever reason, they stand out like a sore thumb, whether you like them or hate them, whatever. In, in the female division... Who's that one person for you? Bad boy. Well, guess bad Who's girl. He's a bad girl in this case. Who's that one person that stands out? Do we have that person? Uh, is, is, is there, there is an Isaiah one. Vidal on the woman's side? You mentioned her. Yes. You mentioned yes. her earlier on. You want me to name names here, but you don't, <laughs> you don't have to. You don't have to if you don't want to. <laughs> oh, man. Well, if you look up says mean things about Yancey, because there's probably only one person that has ever said anything mean about Yancey. Like, honestly, you go to a race, and I've been a client of Yancey. And so me and Rhea, I can't remember what race. But so I was, I almost caught her. I could see her. And he's like, I felt like he was just there for me. Like, Rhea did not, like, he was not there for Rhea at all. It was 100% me. But guess what Rhea probably felt, you know? He yeah. just had so much energy to dole out. And he honestly just wants to see, like, I remember before I was even his, his client, he would still, or his athlete or whatever, he would still, like, cheer me on just as much as anybody else. He just had so much energy to give to everybody that it just was, like, a shocker that anybody, but, I mean, they were good friends um, back in the past, and they have a very similar philosophy on things and are very aggressive. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I remember one time we were sitting on a board, I like how I'm making, I'm telling stories, but I'm not saying any names. But yeah, yeah, uh, cool. Canadian, I know. Right? I'm just waiting for a name. But it's not going to happen. I was sitting on the board, and it was me, and now I'm going to give you a bunch of names, and Lindsay, <laughs> and Sharkbait, Melissa. And oh, Sharkbait, then, yeah. So it was, and then this other lady. And um, so Lindsay goes, and they're like, so how many miles are you going to get? And she's like, oh, I don't know. I'm just out there to be fun, you know, have fun, and, you know, be nice to people and whatever. And then... Um, and we're all like, oh, she's totally going to win. Um, but she's so humble and so amazing. And then Sharkbait's like, I don't even think I need 
you know, I deserve to be up here because I'm not a pro athlete. I'm just a part of the community. And, you know, then I don't know what I said. I was, you know, it's not memorable. And then this lady is like, I'm here to win against all you bitches. And we're like, what? Like, what? She's like, yeah, I'm like way more thin and these ladies all suck and like WWE. And we're like, whoa, this is tough matter. This is not like, what is happening? But I, I can remember because Margaret um, Sattler was there and she actually took a picture of my face and it was like, <laughs> yeah, just contorted. I was like, why'd you take a picture of my face and not anybody else's? She's like, just the look. And it was just, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Coffee. But yeah, that's just like, you know, different in terms of attitude for the sport and especially for Tough Mudder. It was just like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah that one didn't make the CBS broadcast. Yeah, yeah, it was good. But um, yeah, there's there, but there's not too many, right? And yeah. I think that the villains in OCR, if you could call them that, they know, right? They know that they're trying to just incite. Like, you know, a lot of people give Hunter shit, but ooh, did I swear on your podcast? I'm sorry. That's okay. We, we, um, we, we've been really good I up to this point. <laughs> um, yeah, the mom is going to be the first one to get bleeped. Um, but uh, yeah, so a lot of people like just give him a hard time, but he is honestly, I swear, he's just like a seriously nice guy that plays, you know, just the villain. You know, the villain. He just likes to joke around, but inside he's nice. But I'm not sure about everybody because, you know, anybody that like does anything mean to Ryan Atkins is like oh, not that nice a person in my books on the inside. Yeah, but, yeah. You know. Well, he's I'm such like, a nice guy. Like, truly. Oh. <laughs> Jesus Murphy. It's like, he doesn't have one bad bone in his body. Like, oh, yeah. You know what? So, you know, speaking of, we'll, we'll keep segueing on. Speaking of Hunter, so Hunter, obviously, this weekend was a big weekend for him. He went mm-hmm. and did the did the Murph and broke you know what would what would be accepted as the as the world record for it. Now I know he he was disappointed though because he had higher goals in mind. He ended up thirty four thirteen and I believe he won at thirty one somewhere in that neck of the woods. But did did you happen to see it? Did you see him? I, I watched it live and it was it was interesting. It was it was great to see him go. Yeah, he, I mean, I just uh, I mean, I kind of fast forwarded is what I should I just watched some clips of it and I was like oh he's still moving he's still moving he's doing this just because people are like oh his rap sucked and whatever so I, didn't I just wanted to did. Kind of, I watched I mean, his reps I mean I'll be honest Kempson beside him's reps kind of sucked yeah but, yeah yeah uh, they were they were bad they were bad and uh and he actually ended up beating Hunter he was faster but I mean he would have had so many no reps and so many misses if, if he was judged whereas Hunter's reps were on par for what what the workout's supposed to be yeah i feel like because the movement standards in crossfit are very well set and that was a crossfit judge so i'm like you know they may have been smaller range motion than some people would do for sure but if they fit the crossfit standards i mean they're pretty rigorous so yeah Yeah, i don't know i I don't know i'm not a crossfit coach so i couldn't even really say but um and you know people always are like oh butterfly pull-ups aren't really pull-ups or whatever i can't do butterfly pull-ups so i'm like that looks cool i don't know (laughs) that's good if i could do butterfly pull-ups i probably would uh i had i had to learn them back for tmx and if you didn't do them you were getting smoked so you had no you had to you had to yeah yeah. I like yeah. Speaking of Michelle, she learned them like very, and she was like rocking them. I was like, oh yeah. man, I got to start doing those. Well, she was, she was, I think, wasn't it in Sacramento? She was second or third, I think. Yeah. Like yeah. That. Like she, she killed it. That, world that same year. Yeah. So pretty cool. 
I know. So I thought that I thought that was good, but I was I was impressed with him. I thought he did good, and I agree with you. He's totally the WWE character. He's not the guy in reality that he puts forth on the screen. And he sometimes he likes, and he said it himself, he likes to play the dumb card. Yeah, but he's he totally not. He is so, he is he is playing an act because that guy has got everything. You know, he's articulated everything in his head. He knows. Yeah, yeah he he's uh, he figures everything out like instantly. He's he's a cool guy, but. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. You know him better than to, we do. He likes to rile people up, and that's the best way to do it. So, yeah. And since you've been talking to Joe, could you get him to bring TMX back? I'd really like to do that again. Yeah, <laughs> like, that <laughs> was Charleston a great event. You can send him an email, and he emails you right back, and it's actually him. That's cool. I'm yeah. right back. It's like that's a good idea. <laughs> okay, so yeah. I just, I just, we're just going to go through a few, a bit of the news for the for the week, and you can chime in on this because we we have a lot of stuff that happened for for OCR not happening at all there's a lot of stuff going on like um so we had talked about before um there's actually the first ocr event going to come up primal assault and that's going to happen on the 30th of may so it actually will be happening before spartan that's in florida as well and then they have another one mud titan in plantville florida on june 13th the same weekend as spartan so there's that one of the things as well and i'm kind of really scamming going through this quick and I got a message back from Yancey about this is DecaFit on June 12th at the Spartan event. They're actually going to have a DecaFit there beforehand. Now mm. it's going to be not the pure event that they were wanting to do before. You're calling this like a Deca mile. So there'll be, and this is actually big news. I don't think anybody else has heard this yet. So um, it'll be 160 meters between each workout station as opposed to the 500 meters that they are normally shooting for. So if you're in Florida and you want to try DecaFit out, Go for it because it, it's it's going to be there. Um, what was the other thing? UBW. Have you ever heard of UBW? No, I have not. Okay, so it's a background ninja league, uh, or backyard ninja league, the ultimate. Oh yes, yes. Backyard ninja warrior. Anyway, they held an event this weekend. Just finished up at about eight o'clock Eastern tonight. Um, I've seen some videos. They did a really good job on cleaning. They were cleaning everything really well. Social distancing, not so much. <laughs> that was um, it was a I friend. Think so it was a friendly event. There was a lot of hugging and high fives and everything like that. Oh, no. I, it was what it was. <laughs> I think everybody went there fully aware of what they were doing. And that's uh, one tight community. It's a tight community, and there <laughs> yeah, were yeah, you can't break them up. There was some solid athletes there. I'm looking forward to seeing a few more videos. I have uh, we have some contacts with people who are actually there, so we're going to speak with them. And probably on the next podcast, we'll have a little more to report on it, but. It went well. There's also another ninja event coming up in, in Florida as well. We're going to have him on, the owner of the gym, as well as uh, someone, a master's athlete who's going to beat there. That's going to be great. So that'll be good. And then just happened tonight, the Canadian Ninja League, which is situated out of Vancouver, they announced uh, they had postponed their finals. Now it's officially canceled, um, which is a bit disappointing. And I was supposed to be going to that. Uh, that, that one got canceled on me. I was supposed to be there this weekend. This weekend was when we were supposed to be there doing it. Sorry to hear that, Dave. Yeah, it was, it was, this is the first Sorry one that, that I think is the official, <laughs> official cancellation on me. Um, you could have gone out there and uh, met with Allison. That's right, oh. that's right. I actually so, set that thing up, I think, at the beginning, because that's at my old gym, I think. Yeah, I think, yeah, Momentum. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yes, Momentum, yeah. They're yeah, Momentum the now. They were Van is, City. Yeah, so I hired Michael Chow, who owns that gym, Mm -hmm. And my God, that guy is like, he floats. He's just, he's, <laughs> he's just like, you know, some ninja athletes, yep. they make it and they make it fast. But this guy, it's just like, he's dancing. He's just amazing. He's like, he doesn't 
he just defies the laws of gravity. He just makes everything look so flawless. It's pretty cool. So hopefully you get out awesome. there and meet him because he is an amazing athlete. Well, hopefully next year. They like I said, they're going to do it again next year. Hopefully, I imagine mm -hmm. they're going to re reschedule to be out there again. I don't know things could change yeah. or not. They are saying that this year they're going to announce winners as uh, the point series as sits. And I have a, a pro and a con on this. Now, one, if they do do that, I actually win the master series. That, that becomes, but no, but, but, it, but it doesn't mean Jack. It's just, it's not, it doesn't, it really doesn't mean Jack because it's just, it meant I went to a lot of events and I did pretty good there but I didn't get to compete against the guys out West. I didn't get to compete against a lot of people from Quebec. It's not okay. the same. So, I mean, and I've sent, sent them the message that I said, I think if you're, if you're going to announce, if you're going to announce winners and stuff or whatever, that, that's your call. But I, I, I think you should just not bother. Just leave it. It's not because it's none of us that have that win it are going to really take it as a win anyway. So, although, so, Oh, good. I'm glad. I was hoping someone would counter me. <laughs> <laughs> so the fact that you went to more competitions means mm -hmm. that there's more competitions and a more active ninja yep. community where you're from. Like out West, there was like two guys that were like really good and then everybody else. So yep. the fact that you went to more competitions is not like there's just more competition. No, there's a bigger community. There's mm -hmm. more competition, right? There's better athletes. And so you won against those people in that really much harder playing field. So I don't think it's totally on scale because the ninja scene down here is not, you know, Michael Chow is not a master. <laughs> he's no, 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 no. He's too young. So um, when you look at the pool that you're driving, you're competing with a lot more, you know, serious yeah. athletes. So well, you win and you earned it. Yeah, well, I, like I said, I'm not. I don't. I don't feel negative about it at all. I just like. Yeah. I wanted. I wanted to beat them. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yes. Well, so next year, next year I will beat them. That'll be. That'll be next year. Yeah, but that's your goal. Year. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. hold on to it. Oh yeah, for sure. So those were the big things for this one. Like I said, I went through that really fast. I did want to touch on one more thing with you, um, and I asked you this uh, privately before. Uh, FKT. Fastest known time. Now I know you yeah. said you had a couple of goals in mind and I wondered if you'd, you'd share some of that. Um, well, so, oh man, I'm going to try to keep this short. It's not going to work. <laughs> so we moved to um, this place that is, so like I was alluding to earlier is like none of my neighbors, like hardly any of my neighbors have internet <laughs> or phones. <laughs> um, and certainly not smartphones. Like some of them have landlines, but, there's a guy down the street that has running water because he has a creek. So it's like really old school. Yes, like really old school. So um, it's, and what's funny because we're not that far from Vancouver, but we live in a very historic place in this Fraser Canyon where people would um, go to get furs originally uh, in the interior and take them to the water to get transported. And then gold was the next big thing. So it's like very historic. And there's all these old roots that people left. Um, and so I want to recreate some of those. And I was talking to the guy that, um, he's, he's kind of like the mayor, I guess you could say. Um, and, uh, he knows all of these old, um, trails and just kind of looking them up in books and stuff. So I want to like recreate some of those and repass. There was one that was like, um, the first brigade trail and it went all the way basically from the water up until, um, the interior 
in the province and uh they 90 people they lost 90 horses and a bunch of people committed suicide and because basically they went and said okay so here's the line that the aboriginal people said and the farmers said and everybody said but we could go faster if we went up over this manson's ridge thing and it turned out just to be like they looked at it on a map which is not what you should do and was like oh yeah it's much shorter let's let's go that way and save some time and uh, yeah, it turned out to be just totally fatal. And then they recreated a whole nother trail, but I want to run that old trail um, all the way up. And uh, so then there's, there's also, so that's the 1848 trail that goes that way. And then there's actually an 1858 trail because they recreated that trail to go up where the gold mines were. So I want to run both of those. Um, and we live like right on like all these old logging and mining roads. And like there's horse camps back there that almost nobody has ever been since like the you know beginning of the century and all this and so there's all this like historic stuff that nobody you know even people in the area are like oh, i don't know we don't go that far to collect mushrooms or go hunting so who knows um but you could run pretty much like from here uh where we live in the freezer canyon all the way to the interior without like on old logging roads and stuff without even seeing any sort of civilization so there's just so many and awesome. like same with uh harrison lake this way you know, it's like a hundred kilometers and you see nothing and nobody, but there's these like really well-established trails. So it's going to be pretty cool to like go out there and, and try some of those things and um, see if we can like start some FKTs and see if people can beat those after and just hit these old, I'm such a history geek. And so like to have history and these like unexplored places and these adventures and like fitness and nature all rolled into one, I'm like, sign me up. So that's something that I'm hoping to do some of this year for sure. If not, that's history. awesome. Yeah, it truly is awesome. So you dig, you yeah. dig into the history. You talk to people from around the area, and they say there's these old trails where all the horses died, everybody committed suicide. And your first yeah. thought is they just weren't doing it fast enough. How do I get there? <laughs> well, it's funny because there's this uh, older fellow that lives over here, and he's like, "We should go to Moon Mountain one time, but we need it need eight days, and we need rifles, and we need this." And I'm like. I can do that in an afternoon. And he's like, what? And I'm like, I just don't carry as much as that. <laughs> he's like, you're crazy. But uh, I mean, it's like a seven kilometer and it's not that much elevation. But he, of course, is like a kilometer and then we have to make camp and all this. And I'm like, oh, nope, that's back. That's Let's awesome. Go. So, Camping's for yeah. sissies. <laughs> I know. Just keep going until you stop. All right. Well, I think, I think that's pretty much all we got time for. Um, uh, tell everybody your, your, how they can get a hold of you and if they're interested in coaching yeah. or uh, uh, taking, signing up for coaching. Give yourself a shout out. Yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. Um, well, thankfully, um, I have a very unique name. So there's only one other of me in Malaysia. But if you look up Allison Tai, A-L-L-I-S-O-N-T-A-I on Facebook, you can find me there. Um, or on Instagram, it's Coach Ali Tai or Coach Ali Tai at gmail.com. Those are probably the easiest ways. Um, and I'm really bad with Instagram messages and slightly bad with Facebook messages when they hit my request box. I check them. Like, once every, I'm like, why aren't these in my somewhere flagged? Because I just like find them. Like, you find things under your couch. I'm like, God, there's 100 messages in my request. But um, yeah, you can but you know what? at gmail.com. I'll get that for sure. Awesome. Allison, it's, it's truly a pleasure to meet you finally. I've heard so much about you, so many good things. It's just, thank you for coming on. It's oh, been nice. a pleasure awesome. having you on and learning. Yeah, and learn about you. So that's awesome. Thank yeah. you. Thanks for the chat. All right, everybody. Thanks and take care out there. Bye. Take care.